Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Discover New Music podcast from us at Vorpelt Music. Shortly, we'll be chatting with Death of Me, who we recently featured over on our Discover New Music playlist on Spotify with their single Halo. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Vorpelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Vorpelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Vorpelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome to Jim and Rob from Deaf of Me to the Discover New Music podcast. How are you both doing today? Hello. Yeah, good, man. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, really Thanks good. Yeah, delighted to have you on. Obviously, really enjoyed everything that we've seen coming from the band so far. And it's an exciting time for you because obviously you've got a lot of uh, great stuff coming up that we're going to start to work through. But on this podcast, we always say start off with the same feature. Um, it's for obviously... Fans that aren't necessarily familiar with the band, Discover New Music Podcast. Hopefully there'll be some people discovering you through this. Um, and for those that aren't aware, we always start off with what we call the origin story, to give it a fancy kind of name. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, how did Death of Me um, come together? How did you start off? Origin story. My mind went to like bitten by a radioactive spider for a second then. Um, I wish that was the case. That'd be awesome. Um, so... So the the project really started like during during lockdown, which I guess is a weird time to start a project, but when everyone had a lot more time on their hands, um, and it just started out um, myself like in, in my spare room um, writing piece of music to synth, synth stuff. Really, it was like cinematic synth stuff, um, but it felt a bit weird to release that, you know. So got some guitars on it and uh, sent out a few demos. We had a very short, brief lineup for Death of Me for about a year that didn't really last. And then um, myself and Luke, bassist, we got in contact with with Mike, who, who plays guitar. And Mike and Rob have been like childhood friends for, since forever. And uh, and then brought Rob into the fold. And then over the past like year and a half, we've just kind of completely transformed the sound and become what we are today, really. So. If I was to kind of write a blurb for a movie or something, it'd be like two groups of childhood friends that have just kind of made this this super group. And we've all played like in bands in the local scene and support each other's bands over the years. But this is kind of the first time we've we've all come together as a collective. Yeah, beautiful story. It, it really is. And uh, like you say, lockdown, in many ways not normally the uh, well, I say normally it's not something you know lockdown we've ever experienced before but obviously um yeah a number of bands that we've had on actually did form during that time because as you say uh just that additional uh space and time that you had to to create that perhaps wouldn't have existed without the pandemic um obviously uh yeah don't always want to try and refer to it in a positive light because obviously it's a horrible horrible time but there was a lot of good that did come out of it and obviously death for me uh, is one of them so yeah happy happy with that um and uh obviously the most recent single we've had on our discover new music playlist is is halo so we're going to touch on that next um and uh just delve a little deeper into halo so what can you tell us about the song what are the themes behind it and how did it all come together for you yeah um don't know if you want to take that one, Rob, but I'm happy to, if not. I'm happy for you to talk about the uh, the themes. Themes okay. definitely all you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was one of one of the first songs that I started to, to write, really, and it took a, a long time. In fact, it was one of the last ones that we fully fleshed out. It just wasn't right. Like, we had a completely different intro. Like, there was a lot more synths to it originally. So I guess 
um, sonically, it did take a bit longer to, to get this one right. Um, but I think I think the thing I love most about Halo is like it really brings through those like more post-hardcore elements, like bands that I personally grew up loving. You know, bands like like AFI, you know, Sayasin, those kind of faster, more post-hardcore heavy bands. So it was really trying to bring that through a bit more as a collective when we were all together. I guess like like lyrically, again, it was one of them ones that I wrote completely like maybe two weeks before we went into the studio. So I went through a bit of a, a bad time at the start of this year um, through a bit of loss and a bit of grief. And it just felt like the right time to to write something about that. Um, and it just fit the mood of the song. So again, a bit, a bit cathartic. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of what the song touches about. Like, as you can probably hear in the lyrics, kind of, you know, if this is the last chance you kind of get to say goodbye to somebody, you know, kind of feeling guilty when you do move on. I, th I think that's a big thing that people going through grief don't really talk about. Like, you feel guilty moving on yourself with your own life and kind of getting on with that when someone else has, has lost theirs. So it's was, it was kind of about exploring that a little bit more. Yeah, and it's certainly relatable, isn't it? There's not a lot of shared experiences in this life, unfortunately, but one of the ones that there is, you know, is a, you know, a sad one, is grief and loss, because everyone will experience that at some point. And uh, obviously, yeah, I think that always helps helps me connect with a song when there is um, more of a, a connection there. So, uh, and I imagine that, it, like, I think touched on a bit of a cathartic sort of experience to write that for yeah. me. I only ever write about four themes and they'll be the four themes that I think I'll write about till I'm dead. And it's just love, sex, death, or religion. Like they're the only four themes I'll ever write about because like you say, you've got to, you got to write what you know to, to really believe it, but things that everyone can relate to together. So, so yeah. Yeah, no, uh, completely understandable. And um, just sticking with the single uh, for a moment, because I always love to touch on, the music videos, uh, because I think music videos are a complete and utter lost art these days and obviously don't get the uh, attention that they deserve. So I was trying to put the spotlight on them and I just checked out the video for Halo again before we came on and uh, just I, I just love the aesthetics of it. It, it just fits fits the song and fits the band so well and works really like just perfectly. So uh, obviously there'll be a link in the bio of the episode for listeners to be able to check it out. But how did you um, obviously conceptualise that video and then put it into into practice? I love the story behind the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were looking for something that kind of, like you say, fit that vibe because we'd, we'd done for the for the previous single, Your Heart, The Casket, we'd done a very sort of performance oriented. I mean, this one's also quite performance oriented, but we'd kind of, we wanted that set piece. We wanted some some really good visuals that fit the song and um, just just really happy happenstance, really, behind the studio where we record there's a um, a museum of the paranormal that's, that's set up in Stoke, and um, the gent was really happy for us to go and have a look around and and see what the see what the crack was and and just some of the some of the atmosphere he's got in there and some of the some of the set pieces he's got fit really well. So he was kind enough to let us record the video there, and it essentially gave us a kind of stage to have, you know, a few a few scenes that really that we could really make work for the video. It was really cool, really good. Yeah, I love when things just fall into place. Obviously, that was really, really lucky for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I particularly liked how we'd got, you know, we'd got things like they had, they had the sort of church vestibule that we managed to use and it really fit some of the themes. And I just thought that some of the pieces he had in there would just fit perfectly into the into the vibe. It was great. 
Yeah, definitely. And I say it just fits that whole aesthetic package around the band, which I always think, you know, helps it um, sets bands apart, you know, because there's just so many yeah, bands out there and, and artists out there vying for quite limited attention these days. And, you know, there's a lot of bands that you know, have that cool sort of aura and look about them that um, obviously are hitting harder with, with you know, target audiences. And obviously I think, yeah, um, being able to put a video like that out, um, kudos to you because obviously it's a, it fits that really, really well. And I just love music videos, the complete lost art, as I say. And yeah, uh, definitely listeners need to go and check that out. Uh, click through in the bio and go and have a watch of that. And uh, obviously Halo was, was the latest, as we said, up until the release of uh, the EP kind of uh, single uh, that had come out. And uh, obviously there's been a few. Uh, you're a new band, as you touched on. Um, so I always just like to sort of get your thoughts on what the uh, what you what you think the reaction has been like because obviously in days gone by it was harder to gauge because you had to almost wait to play a show to speak to audiences or obviously read reviews in magazines social media makes everything instantaneous these days so um just how much attention have you paid and what has been your uh, thoughts on the reaction thus far um God, it's hard it's hard to gauge it when you put it like that i think mm. i think we're very we're very humbled. Like it's been everything that we've put out has had, you know, has had love and positive response, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's encouraging. Um, I think it's difficult, man, because I mean, as we're talking today, like today is actually our second show <laughs> ever as a band. So we're doing we're doing two shows, um, like a mini weekend this weekend. But prior to this, we've we've played one show. So we we headlined at um the Sugar Mill in Stoke, which is like a 750 cap venue um you know near enough sold out the, the bottom half of the venue so i think that was like the first stamp really that things are going in the right direction because you know to your point like everything online is just instant gratification yeah. like video views and all that kind of stuff but i think when people actually want to come and see yeah. you know, when you're not like dragging people like there's there's always an element of that right you know bringing your friends along and stuff but when people genuinely are reaching out wanting to come like I think that was probably the most encouraging thing and uh like I say that was our, our debut show so we got tons tons more in the in the pipeline not to use that cliche line but there's like there's so many shows that are coming up and we're now working with um with royal artists um shout out Danny so he's been booking some some great stuff some some festivals and things next year so hopefully should really start snowballing but um but aside from that you know like you know like the the press opportunities like this speaking to people like yourself and being played on radio one and being in kerrang and all that kind of stuff is like it's obviously really 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 nice but um but for me it's not real until you know you're on that stage and you've seen people so i think that was that was the one for me at least yeah i think to add to what jim's saying it's been such a a kind of topsy-turvy way of doing things because we're all used to kind of being in binds and bands and like grinding from the you know support <laughs> slots and, and doing all like loads of gigs and all that sort of thing whereas we kind of took the opposite approach and we've put loads of work into getting the product that we want to have there and I mean it, it's it's kind of so important for us for that stage show they're all part and part parcel so when we went into that first show it did feel it was it was kind of quite we put a lot of pressure into on our twelves to get that to get that kind of right, and then when we got there, and it was you know it was full and it was a good show. It was kind of it was just we were all just buzzing for the next one then. So it's been a really interesting interesting journey in that sense. 
but I think we're all just excited to get some uh, some more shows under our belt and do some uh, do some good stuff. Yeah, it definitely seems to be an excitable, uh, exciting time for for the band. And uh, yeah, I agree completely. And uh, obviously, Spotify metrics and likes on social media and all that kind of stuff like gets a lot of weight attached to it these days. But the most tangible metric there is is are people turning up to the shows and are they having a good time when they do? And uh, obviously, so far for you guys, um, yeah, you've you've had a hell of a start on that front, haven't you? So yeah, excellent. Absolutely love to hear it. And uh, obviously, that all leads to on the eighth of uh, September, um, your debut record EP coming out. Um, Hell's where you make it. Loves uh, how you fake it is the title of the EP. Uh, again, out on September the eighth. Um, what can you tell listeners about um, the EP and I guess you know, what should they expect um, when they hit hit play for the first time? <laughs> um, I think it's just, for me, what I really wanted to, to achieve with it is like that, that, blend, that, that blend of genres. Like we all love so many different genres of music, but there's like a couple that we collectively all kind of agree on and I think our strength shine through. So for me, I always wanted like a record where it was like, you could have a heavy song, then a poppier song, then a heavy song and a poppier song and a heavy poppy song. So it's, it's kind of like eight tracks of that. So if you just want the poppier stuff, just skip every other track. If you want the heavier stuff, you can go back a track. So it really is that kind of blend of like, like post-hardcore, alternative rock. But then there's a lot of 80s influences in as well. So like one of my favourite bands, probably my favourite band of all time is Depeche Mode. So like proper 80s synth yeah. band. Um, but it was trying to like the challenge was there wasn't really a, there wasn't really a blueprint of what we were trying to follow for this. It wasn't like oh let's try and sound like this band because they do this because it was kind of like writing the rule book from the start. So like there's an introduction on the record with like rain sound effects and things like that. Like all the best albums I listened to growing up, I'll reference AFI again. Had those like amazingly long instrumental you know intros with like cellos and things. So. It was trying to it was trying to blend all those things into into a new modern way, um, but just not not be afraid of like experimenting. Like the next single we're bringing out has like a, I don't know I don't even know how to describe the second verse, Rob. But like it's it's just not like anything else we've done before either. So hopefully people are just excited because it's just a such a blend of different things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think like for for the the new single that Jim's Jim's referencing, mm-hmm. we take we've influences from the likes of you know, we were like, oh, we we love this bit. That sounds like really Kate Bush. That's Ace, and we you know we just go down sort of stuff like that, and it, it's just kind of like not being afraid to go, would this work? And instead of instead of just sort of trying to trying to pigeonhole it into a certain thing, just taking all those influences that we've had from from wherever we've had them, and and combine them into something something different something a bit a bit unusual yeah it certainly whets my appetite so hopefully it is the uh for the listeners as well i, I do love um yeah just getting a, a bit of sort of experimentation into music these days because it has all become a bit samey and obviously the influences that you've just reeled off uh i'm well on board with all of those um definitely um so yeah really really excited for everyone to be able to hear the ep and uh, you know just around obviously the recording process as you sort of touched upon you've all kind of been in in bands before uh obviously coming together in this one um you know just how has that experience been for you this time compared to perhaps what you what you've experienced before I think it's probably been the most pleasurable um, recording writing experience just because 
again, very lucky that we've kind of joined forces and everyone, I think, brings someone to this band. There isn't really like a weak chain where it's like, oh, like, are they going to pull it out of the bag on the day? Like, we've only got so much time in the studios, it's going to work. Like, I think it's just complete and utter faith <laughs> in every every one of us that we can do it. And it's, you know, it's through those years of craft, it's those 10,000 hours that you put in to do it. But the recording process itself was like, again, super, super easy because our, our best friend, um, Sam Blore, shout out Sam Blore, um, runs Lower Lane Studios in Stoke. So he's been working with some some wicked bands like Graphic Nature, Blanket, Black Coast, who are you know local band to us as well. But he's our best friend. So, um, you know, he, he always helps us out. He's kind of like the unofficial fifth member of the band. You know, if something is shit, he'll tell you it's shit. <laughs> um, and that happened a few times in the studio. So <laughs> particularly for some of the lyrics, you know, like, you know, we need to change that dude. It's not quite right. So it was kind of it was kind of nice because you you're in a comfortable environment. You can take your time. It's literally down the road from us, which I think we try to do as much as we can ourselves in house with this band anyway. Like all the artwork we do ourselves, all, mm. all like all the logos, all that kind of stuff. Our other best friend, a chap called Tim Palin, he does all our videos for us. So you know we're really trying to keep everything in that kind of local bubble, just because, like I said, it's the it's the faith and assurance and the people you know can do a good job. So. Um, so yeah, the recording process was was great. I think we we did it over two halves. So we we recorded your heart the casket and a track called The Long Lost Arts and Ever Fallen Apart. We recorded those last June. So well over a year ago, we recorded those two tracks and we've been sitting on them now for like yeah. a year and a half. Um, but then we went back to the studio at the start of this year, so winter, and recorded the other six that, that made up the eight. So we did it over two halves. It was just, and I think it was just a bit of time finding our feet, like how we actually wanted the rest of the record to sound. Like we we had these two singles that we were always going to bring out, but like how should the rest of us kind of sound as we were finding our feet? And I think we we managed to do it, but it, again, it took a bit of a longer time to just get all those influences in and what we were trying to say. So, but uh, but no, it was great. It was it was a great experience, and it was mastered by Grant Berry. Again, he's he's mastered all our stuff and he's, you know, done things like All Time Low, Def Havana, like these, you know, some of the biggest alternative and emo bands. So we were in um, really good hands when it came to like how it sounded sonically as well. Yeah, no, you've definitely been looked after. And I think one of the most important things in that is having a, a friend that's uh, what I would term as a critical friend. So they are a friend, but they are willing to say, you know what, like you say, this isn't good. This needs to change. Yeah, um, because... Sometimes that dynamic can work really well recording with friends, but other times, obviously, you can perhaps lose a bit of that critique and, and obviously um, added kind of weight and pressure to to make sure it is actually as good as it can be. So, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, yeah was- and to, to go back to sort of how Sam, Sam works, I, love it. I think it's it's underrated having a producer like that i think it's it's kind of a lot of bands and i've done it before you go into the studio and you record some stuff and then you kind of get it back you can and you kind of reflectively go oh, i wish i'd done that differently or i wish i'd changed that whereas like with sam the first day when we recorded drums it's we, we just spend a morning everyone else is bored but me and sam spend a morning just chatting drums and like tuning things up and going oh what about this now what about that snare okay that's cool and then it's it's just we'd it's not a process where it's sort of just going into and going, yeah, that'll do. It's it's much more. Well, no, come on, we can do we can do that. We can 
we can get a better tape than that. Let's 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 have another go. And I think having those two sessions, like Jim was saying, we did it in two halves. Having those first two to kind of go in and take those tracks away and go, oh yeah, that that sounded really good. That was great. Now what what do we want to do with these next lot of tracks? I think that was a really good kind of. It was like a sort of test run almost. I mean, mm. We had those two singles there, but then it was kind of like, okay, great. Now we can go back with these these lot and we can we can build on that. It was great. Yeah, no, I, I'm just yeah, absolutely love to hear um, the of the experience and obviously the outcome of it. The EP coming out on September the eighth. Um, listeners need to check it out. Obviously, you know it's called a labour of love because you know you love what you're doing, but it is hard work. So obviously, the fruits of those labels uh, are going to be coming out, and obviously, hopefully, it will get the reception that it deserves. And one of the first. Uh, opportunities for fans to be able to obviously come and hear them songs will be on the same day because you've got your EP release show in Stoke again at the Underground on uh, September the 8th. So what have you got in um, in store for, for the attendees on that show? Will we be playing the EP in full? or <laughs> you know, what Yeah, yeah, man. We're, oh, we're so excited to, to finally get this this record out. Like like say, we've been sitting on some of these songs for well over a year and a half now, so... <laughs> It's definitely time. We've already started writing for the next record already, so trying to keep that that traction going. But um, but yeah, September the eighth, we're we're headlining the underground in Stoke. Um, great venue, great people. I think it's about four hundred cap venue, so it's gonna be gonna be intimate if we can get everybody in there. Um, we're being supported by one of my favorite local bands at the moment, a band called Mercury. You should definitely also check out. Um wildly different to us in terms of genre but just great musicians they're kind of like you know very very grungy almost Alice in Chains meets Nirvana so they're wicked but yeah we're going to be playing the the record front to back um loads more props on stage as we try to be as theatrical as possible as you've alluded to and uh yeah just I guess showing everybody what what it sounds like live for everyone that didn't get the opportunity to see it at the last show but um we're going to be selling cds we've got new merch and all that kind of fun stuff as well that will be online afterwards but um yeah it's just it's a celebration is the way we're kind of looking at it you know this this labor of love and you know being able to to share it with everyone is, is going to be great yeah, no, definitely. And I encourage uh, anyone listening that hasn't got a ticket for that yet to obviously grab one and head down to the underground on the uh, um, 8th of September um, and, and come along to that show. And uh, I also encourage everyone to follow the band across social media. This is the, the bit where I always give out the social handles. Uh, and you've made my my life pretty, pretty damn easy because it is the same uh, almost across the board. So Instagram and Facebook is definitely band. Um, but on Twitter, or I should get used to calling it X now, shouldn't I? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely Bands UK. But again, pretty simple, which is which is always really, really nice, because sometimes there's a load of underscores to read out and different capitalizations, all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that is the face, obviously, these days. We all stay up to date. So I would encourage listeners to follow the band on there to stay up to date with everything coming from them. Um, you did kind of hint earlier, you know, that there were more uh plans afoot here you know, in the future for, for live shows probably not ready to announce them yet but uh, you know listeners are going to get a good chance to, to come and see you i would hope yes if, if everything goes to plan that's kind of been proposed yes <laughs> um yeah loads more stuff coming um we are touring in november so that's i think we can we can talk about that so that's going to be good that'll be announced soon um get an opportunity to come to some places we haven't been just yet but um yeah yeah, the future is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah, the future is looking really, really bright, obviously, for, for definitely everything so far, you know, that has come out, uh, say, is really struck me. And I've been so impressed with like the whole package, you know, that, that goes around it aesthetically, sonically, etc, etc. So I definitely encourage listeners to, to jump on board um, with the band. And uh yeah, that almost brings a close our chat. We always finish with the last uh, segment, which is always the same. It's called Setlist Science, having just touched on the live side of things. Um, basically, I'm a massive setlist geek. I love looking at setlists, and obviously, uh, I always love this portion of the podcast. So the, the main question at the moment is, how much importance do you place into the structure of your setlists, and have you got any rules that you tend to follow? Um, it's so funny you say that because the amount of hours we spent deliberating <laughs> over that first set list and where things were going to go. Um, I think it's super important. I think now more than ever, like you say, like there's such a focus on everyone just digesting music digitally that when you get to a show, like it really has to make that impact. So that first song and that last song and all the stops in between have got to be, I think, more impactful than they've ever been before. Like it's just not throwaway anymore. Um, so I I think it's super important and the, the lucky thing for ourselves as I alluded to like the record in itself is when we were piecing together how it's going to go and flow like it almost is like a um, a live set you know so there's an instrumental introduction that flows into Halo which is the track we've already brought out that flows into the next song and then the end track like mimics the start of the first track so you could actually leave it on a loop and it's like a record that never gets taken off so it was it was trying to take that and, and do it in a live environment which is why we put the record in that way in the first place um but yeah we we deliberate a lot on the set list i would say rob we've uh nicknamed our bassist luke the settlers gordon because he's uh <laughs> and i think we've kind of got two we've got set menu a and set menu b now that we're kind of quite quite happy with <laughs> but um yeah as, as jim said one one thing that was really important to me when we were doing this um this sort of live is because it's so atmospheric what i really and i I think i speak for all of us what we really wanted to do is not have these kind of like awkward pauses or anything like that between songs it's got to keep that immersion it's got to keep keep you in in the journey we're going on so yeah it's been really important as to how that's structured to to kind of bring it to live definitely yeah there's an atmospheric synth in every millisecond of the set there is not a a blank um piece so like there is there's always something going on which is it's been a challenge but i think we've we've got to a place now where it's where it's pretty cool yeah no it, it really really sounds fantastic and uh i say as a set list geek um you've definitely passed the test in my eyes like you obviously <laughs> do you care which i can always tell when i watch a band how much thought they've really put into it and uh just to to put a bow on the conversation we've added in one final question recently because it became a bit of an internet uh theme or, or a meme really with uh obviously the peekaboo for adults so uh <laughs> encores quite a simple question yes or no uh, I have two kind of views on this. So my, my view is as a watcher, a listener, someone that's going to see a band, I think they're good because you always want more. So like coming on to the end of the stage, like really does like bookend it. Like we've come back on now we're done, but being in a, being a band, I mean, I don't know. I think this, 
there's just something inside me that just wants to be like, look, we're not going to do an encore for this reason. Like, we're just going to end the set now, like, because this is how it's meant to end. Like, <laughs> it's supposed to end here. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I kind of have two views on it. I mean, should we ever get to the point where people are demanding encores from us, Paul? Like, we'll probably <laughs> probably have a different view on it then. But, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my two cents on it. I feel like they've become a bit of a a joke. Like every band recently I've I've been see that's done an encore have been like, see you in a minute. Like, <laughs> like, just, like it's, it's just sort of like almost a a cliche now, almost. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It's funny actually. We we did. I'm filming this podcast and asking that question today because I I went and saw the Strokes in London yesterday and uh, they literally did. Uh, you know, uh, just say Julian. I think said something along the lines of. Oh yeah, this is our last song before we do the whole, you know, fake encore stuff. And then eventually, when they come back on after quite a long pause, he was just like, "I wish I hadn't bothered saying we're going to do an encore now." And it's just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it has become. Uh, I think it, yeah, I think you touched on it. Well, if if it's organic, then it's fantastic because obviously that's the connection between the band and the audience. And obviously, yeah, the show has been fantastic. We want more, then it's great. But when it is forced and just part of the routine and i think it has got to the point now we we just like yeah. oh, come on that we all know time. that you're coming back on i've got a train yeah. to catch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you speed this up yeah 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 definitely you know interesting uh, it's been absolutely lovely talking with you both obviously there's so much exciting stuff coming up for the band and uh, i can't wait to follow your career and to see where you go um we always chuck the last message just back to the guests so um to, to both of you what would be your, your last message for the listeners today um I think just check out the records. Like, I think this is just complete um, and utter kind of purity from four guys that are trying to trying to do something a little bit different and kind of blend some genres and the whole mystique of like the image and stuff. So this is like the penultimate culmination of all that stuff that's been around for the last three, four months. And uh, I just hope people, people are into it. And if you're not, that's cool too. Um, but give it, give it a shot. Yeah. Come see us live come down and have a have a party yeah and i would de- definitely echo both of those sentiments so uh yeah listeners make sure you follow the band on social media check out the ep when it's out and obviously pop along to a show in the future for sure thank you both obviously so much for for coming on and talking to me thanks for having us man all the best well thank you everyone for listening i really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with death of me Make sure you check out their latest single, Halo, on our Discover New Music playlist. And, of course, follow the band across social media to stay up to date with everything coming from them. You can also stay up to date with Full Pelt. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening.